you are listening to the sermon podcast from Bethel Covenant Church. We're an evangelical covenant congregation outside Ellsworth, Wisconsin. You can learn more about us at BethelCov.org. Thanks for listening. So one of the, uh, the best things about being a pastor is a captive audience. <laughs> um, uh, no, because um, I get to show you guys um, pictures of my son, because that just makes me happy. Um, and that's one of the best things. So if you ever become a pastor, know that sometime you can make people look at pictures of your kids. Um, but no, one of, one of my favorite things that I've, I've done as a parent uh, since we, we had Foster um, is what I um, like to call, call Foster Fridays. Um, because, because of my job, uh, my day off that I try to protect and, and, and don't work on is, is Friday. And so on Fridays, that means that I can go do stuff, just Foster and I. Uh, and it's, it's a lot of fun. And if you take a look up there, you know, we're going to spend some time here on these pictures. Now, uh, if you take a look, there's the, the Children's Museum, Minnesota Children's Museum. That's outside the museum. Um, this, if, if you don't recognize it, uh, if you don't know me well, this is at the best restaurant on the planet. This is at Chipotle. Uh, there's Foster eating his, his favorite food. Um, many, I don't know if I ever told anybody this, the uh, first restaurant that Foster ever went inside was at Chipotle. Uh, we stopped on the way back from the hospital, and I have a picture of him in the car carrier, like three days old, with a bag of chips resting on his uh, stomach. Um, so anyway, so this, and it's so much fun. This was at the, the Mall of America. I was just, anyway. So he and I just get to do stuff, just, just he and I, and it's, it's really, really fun. Um, but don't um, uh, give me the Dad of the Year award yet, um, <laughs> because unfortunately, for, for lots of reasons, um, I often wind up working on Fridays. I'm supposed to take Fridays off. I'm supposed to spend time with Foster on Fridays. And so um, he doesn't go to daycare, and it's great. And we always do something, and it's always, always great. But unfortunately, um, for lots of reasons, um, it's really, really easy for me uh, to get too busy during the week and wind up having to work on Fridays. Uh, it, just, it just happens. I don't always have to work the whole day, but when I do, Foster has to go to daycare and then no Foster Fridays, right? Um, you know, and, and there's always stuff that makes this happen in, in my life, uh, like yours. You know, there's always uh, new ideas early in the week. There's always stuff to do. And, and in any line of work, in everybody's life, whatever it is that's right in front of you seems like the most important thing in the world, right? So there's always something important. Um, and you add to that the regular chores of life and, and whatever. And so the, it winds up with this situation where way, 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 way more often than I would like, Foster goes to daycare on Fridays, and I spend the day or, or part of the day working, um, sometimes cleaning the house too, instead of spending time with him. And, and I, I struggle with this. I, I share with you because I, I struggle with it. It breaks my heart because I know that I'll never get those Fridays back with him. Uh, he'll never be that little again. Um, and I know that every time I take him to daycare on Friday, I miss a chance to spend time with him. And most of the time, the stuff that I'm worried about during the week, I'm going to forget about that in a day or two or a week or a month or a year. Um, but if I miss chances to spend time with my son, I, I don't think I'm going to forget about that. It, it, it breaks my heart a little bit. And I don't share this with you to like, oh, poor pastor, he just works so hard, we should pay him more, you know, no. Um, 
No, I, I don't share this with you to make you feel bad for me. Um, so, so don't miss here, because I know, as, as I look at you, and I know uh, so many of you well enough to know that I'm not the only one that wrestles with the question behind this. I, I'm not the only one that is so busy with so many different things, uh, so many different important things that I miss out on the most important things. Um, I, I know this because I see you guys here during the week. I see you out in the community. I know the kinds of hours that you work. I know the hobbies that you have and the time that all those things take and, and how put together um, all of us are just so full in our lives, right? Our lives are just so full. The only way we ever say no to anybody is, is by saying, well, I have to do something else that day, right? Uh, we, we have to have a busy excuse. Um, and I worry sometimes, and I know for myself and, and maybe for you, uh, that we're, we're getting burned out. You know, we're, we're headed for trouble. We're missing the stuff that matters most in favor of whatever seems important at the time. You know, we're overbooked and, and overstressed and overfilled, and, and overstuffed, and, and we're missing something. Uh, and I don't know why we do that. I know for me, and maybe for you, sometimes it's because we want to be needed by other people. We want other people to depend on us. Or, or maybe we just want to do that thing because it's fun, and it takes a lot of time. We want to have fun. Or maybe we just want to have uh, everything. We want to have stuff. Or, or many of us, I know, um, we just like to be busy, and it, it makes us incredibly uncomfortable to not have some place to go every minute, every hour of every day. So I, I know I'm not the only one uh, that wonders if while we're just doing and doing and doing and doing, if the most important things are getting left on the back burner for next week and next month. And I don't think I'm the only one that wonders if when the obligations are done, um, when the um, purchases are made, when the tasks on our list are accomplished, when our, our house is finally clean, when things finally settle down, um, if we're going to ask uh, if we missed the main thing. I don't think I'm the only one that wonders if while we're doing everything all the time, um, that maybe our, our lives, our relationships, our mission, and our calling are, are passing us by in favor of whatever it is that seems like an important thing at the time. And, and if you've ever asked that question, if you've ever struggled with that, that question, um, and if you've ever wondered if all the many things that you say yes to all the time uh, are getting in the way of the things that matter most, you're, you're not alone. <laughs> because in our scripture today, we have um, one of my favorite stories in, in the gospel is a short story about two people that run into Jesus. And, and when they run into Jesus, <clears throat> they recognize that they've met the most important person they'll ever meet. And in that moment, one of these two people gets it right, and the other of these two people chooses something else. Uh, but if you hear that story, I know for me, it, it really challenged me this week. I, I think it, it gives us a little idea of what it means to choose one thing over another. <clears throat> and so this, this story is in the, the book of Luke, and, and Luke is, um, that's, well, that's the beginning of it. Um, Luke tells the story of Jesus is, is constantly running into people in, in his gospel. Jesus is, is meeting people, and, and they're always responding to him in, in one or two different ways. Almost everybody he meets, they believe there's something really special and important about Jesus. And some people um, are willing to kind of grab hold of that. And some people have something else going on that makes it impossible for them uh, to hold on to that. And, and this story is uh, no different. So a little bit of background. Jesus just sent all of his disciples into people's homes. He said, I want you guys to go town to town 
and visit a home. And if they welcome you, uh, teach them about the kingdom. And if they reject you, just walk away and, and move on to the next place. And, and after they do that, Jesus does it. Uh, he goes out and does the same thing. So he just met with, with somebody, and now he's meeting with somebody else. And he's going home to home. Uh, he gets to this town, and this is, this is where we're at. So Luke 10, uh, 38. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on the way, he came to a village where a woman called Martha opened up her home to him. And so as you're reading Luke, the question um, that should be coming forward in your mind, that should be on your mind is, okay, Jesus met somebody. Are they going to accept him for who he is or not, right? Are they going to respond, uh, yes, Jesus, or, or, or maybe not, not right now? And so, so far, here's Martha. Um, she says, yes, right? Jesus said, go into the towns. If they accept you, welcome them into, go into their home and teach them. If, if not, you know, turn away. And so Jesus gets there. He meets Martha, and she sees who he is. She's got a, a heart of, of hospitality, and she accepts Jesus into her home, right? Way to go, Martha. Uh, it, it continues on. It says that she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet uh, listening to what he said. And here we go again. Jesus said, uh, you go to the town. If they accept you, teach them about the kingdom. And so here he went to the town. Martha accepted him into her home. And Mary's doing the next thing, right? She's accepting too. She's listening. She's listening to Jesus' teaching. She's sitting at the Lord's feet uh, listening to what? He said, and our story continues with verse 40. It says, but Martha um, was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And, and she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I, this verse is one of my favorite verses in scripture because I feel like it, it covers over just like a boiling pot of what's going on in this home, right? Uh, just picture with me, you know, you and, and your sister welcome this person into your home, and you know, if you've ever had somebody in your house, um, you know that there's a lot of work that has to be done to make that happen, um, especially at my house. When we have people, you know, we have some friends staying with us right now, uh, and when we found out they were coming, it was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we've got to get the house to like a reasonable place that a another person can come into it. Uh, you got to be busy. And so Martha, right, she's, she's doing the right thing. She's getting ready. This guy shows up at her house, and he wants to eat, and he probably wants to sleep there. And she's like, come on in. She didn't say, no, I don't have time for you. She said, come on in. And she got busy. And I can just picture her um, getting things ready, and Martha or Mary is kind of sitting down, and uh, to Martha's eyes, <clears throat> relaxing maybe a little bit. Um, and, and I don't know if you've ever, no, nobody here is passive aggressive, but um, if you've ever been, I can just picture Martha, right? She's like going to the kitchen and she's like slamming the cabinets as she's like getting stuff out. And like, she like comes in and like, oh, here you go, Jesus. Here's your coffee and bar. And oh, here you go. And oh, Mary, what can I get you today? You know, uh, she's, she's frustrated. She's trying to do the right thing. She's trying so hard to do the right thing. And here is Mary. And Mary is just, who knows what's going on with Mary, but, but Martha is, is mad, and, and I would be mad too, um, right? And so she says, here's Jesus. I've heard about this guy. He's going around telling people to serve each other. He's, he's telling people how much God loves them. He's teaching all these things, and she's like, hey, Jesus, you know, if God so loved the world, don't you care that I'm doing all this work by myself? Don't you care that Mary is sitting here and I am working my fingers to the bone to make it possible for you 
to stay here. That, that don't you care, it just sticks with me because I've asked God that. Don't you care about the work that I'm doing? That person, why, why is things going well for them? Don't you care about the work that I'm doing? Tell her to help me. Not do everything, not no, let's trade. Just tell her to get up and help me. I got stuff to do. And so this is how Jesus responds. He says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Uh, And again, right, every story in Luke as Jesus meets people, it's clear And every story in Luke um, is put here for a reason. And so Luke's trying to make a point with this story about what it means to follow follow Jesus. And and so as I wrestle with this story, I've thought about all kinds of of things, you know, and and read all kinds of things that this might be there to remind us of. You know, like sometimes people read the story and they say, see, it's okay to just like relax and slack off every once in a while, right? Amen. Some of us really do need to hear that. I know you. Um, You know, sometimes, you know, the point and the pastor says, well, you know, you just shouldn't be so mean to people like like Martha, right? Or or maybe it's supposed to teach us that like uh, following Jesus is about praying and reading the Bible a lot, but it doesn't have a lot to do with what we do. But but I think um, this story actually has a lot more to do with Mary than it has to do with, with Martha. I think the um, meaning of the story, and one of the reasons that Luke chooses this as an example of what it means to choose to, to follow Jesus, is, is that um, Mary's making a choice. And, and if we look closely, what is, what is Mary choosing? Well, uh, Mary is choosing something incredibly uh, shocking and surprising in that moment. Um, you know, I always, like, growing up when I heard this story, and if you've heard this story, you kind of think, like, Mary is just sort of oblivious, right? She doesn't know that she's supposed to be helping her sister, you know, she's just, she's tired or whatever and just wants to sit down and, and listen to Jesus. But, but the truth is um, that she's accepting him uh, not just as a um, great teacher or a guest, but as Lord. Um, in listening to Jesus, Mary is uh, doing what we call being a disciple, uh, she's taking the first step, which is to sit and listen to what uh, Jesus has to say. Um, because Mary, Mary knows what she's supposed to do in this situation. Uh, Mary knows um, what the expectations of this situation are. Um, Mary's saying uh, no to something to say yes to something else. And, and Mary knows, and, and I would argue uh, that she knows, um, because she grew up in this house. She grew up in this home and in this culture. Uh, she knows this because Mary has done the Martha thing every other day. Um, in, in the ancient world, um, that was the expectation of the women of the house, to take care of the guests. Mary is not confused. She's not missing the point. Because when, uh, but when Jesus comes to her house, even though she knows what she's supposed to be doing, even though she knows what it means to be a good hostess, even though she knows that her sister is working her fingers to the bone to make it possible for Jesus to be there, when when Jesus comes to her house, she immediately realizes, uh, Mary realizes that it doesn't matter what she's supposed to do. Uh, She realizes that a higher authority than her cultural norms, than, than what she'd been taught by her mom and her grandmother her whole life is sitting in her house, And Mary sees that person and she refuses to miss what he has. Mary recognizes that Jesus and and what he has to say in in that moment is more important than anything else. And so she chooses to listen to him instead of what she knows 
she ought to do. She chooses to listen to him over her anxiety, uh, over her cultural expectations. She chooses to listen to him over the way that she was raised and, and what she knows she ought to do. Instead, she chooses to listen. She chooses to listen over doing the right thing, over making her sister happy, who is clearly getting frustrated, uh, because she recognizes that Jesus and what he has to say represents something bigger and older and wiser than all of those other uh, considerations. Uh, Bigger and older and wiser and more important than anything she's ever heard before in her life. And in choosing to listen, she's saying that his words ought to rest at the foundation of my life. Uh, Mary gives us a picture uh, for, for people today of what it looks like to accept Jesus as the main thing. Uh, to lay down all the other stuff that's important, that's matters, that's not wrong, in favor of just one thing. To be a disciple, to accept Jesus into your home and into your mind and into your life and to, to listen to him. Uh, to hear from Jesus, Mary says no to household serving. She says no to the huffs and the frustrations of her well-meaning sister. She has to say no to being a good host, and she even has to say no to being a good woman so that she can say yes to Jesus. Otherwise, uh, she would have missed it. She had to say no to what she was supposed to do so that she could become who God made her to be. And that is what it means to be a disciple, to say no to something so you can say yes to Jesus. Our lives are full of many things to worry about. Just like Martha, we have many concerns and many things to be anxious about. We've got people whose opinions of us matter to us. We, uh, we want to be liked. We want to meet the expectations of others. We want to impress people. We want to succeed. We want to be liked. We have legitimate hopes and dreams for ourselves, our families, our futures, our kids. We have legitimate needs. We have right things to do all around us at every moment of every day. But when we run after those many things, we miss the main thing every time. And being a disciple is about saying yes to the main thing so that you can say no to the many. Because the the main things in life, the things that matter the most, they don't chase us down. They gladly sit on the back burner where we do all the things that seem to matter in the moment. And when we refuse to choose them, when we don't choose Jesus first, we uh, find ourselves looking back on our lives and wondering why we spent so much time worrying about impressing that person or trying to get the nicest things or, or saying yes to every favor so that we can feel important and needed by the people in our lives. We'll look back and wonder why we spent all that time angry at that person who stepped on our toes or slighted us or all that time ignoring our family because of our worry or anxiety or all that time keeping our house clean or pursuing our hobbies or exhausted because we're not sleeping enough or, or busy projecting strength and perfection on the outside to others. Uh, we'll wonder why we spent so much of our life snowed in by many things and so little time on the main thing, on being a disciple on loving God and loving others, on connecting with God in in prayer and worship and in community. Uh, So little time being challenged and comforted by the words of Scripture. So little time praying for people that we care about and 
not enough time serving the people, not that uh, we want appreciation from or we want to appear good to, but serving the people that God actually calls us to serve. We'll wonder why um, we didn't choose to connect with our kids and grandkids or our parents or our siblings, our friends, our church family. Caring for hurt people. When we meet Jesus, um, people are always left with this choice. And, and throughout Luke, everybody that meets Jesus is left with this choice. Will we lay down the things that we think matter, the things that we think we need, the things that we wish we had, the many things, and accept him as our one, as our foundation? Will we say yes to the main thing and let that define how we handle the many rather than something else. And, and this doesn't mean that we quit our jobs or we let our responsibilities drop or we, we let everybody down, but it, but it does mean that we reevaluate everything and really ask, why am I doing this? Is this what God is calling me to? Or is it distracting me from him? What would it look like uh, for you to start with Jesus as your one? That's what I've been wrestling with all week. What would it look like for me to put that first? To know that my value isn't based on what I do for others or what other people think about me or what I have, but instead on my identity as a child of God who Jesus died for. May we rest in that and let the things that we do flow out of that rather than the anxiety of being good enough for others. Um, Jesus talks about what he's offering, what this looks like in Matthew 11 a little bit. When he says, uh, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take your yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Will you lay down your self-imposed burdens and choose the main thing. As we sing our, our closing hymn together today, what is it that God is calling you to say no to so you can say yes to Jesus? Let's pray together. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from Bethel Covenant Church. We're an evangelical covenant church outside Ellsworth, Wisconsin, and you can find out more about us at BethelCov.org.